we'll begin in the book of James chapter 1. While you're turning there, I remember many years ago a bumper sticker which said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. We'll read verses 5 to 8, James chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, man unstable in all his ways. <clears throat> People sometimes make the mistake of, of thinking that that this just applies to asking God about wisdom. And it doesn't apply to other things. And as we'll see that this same principle applies to other things. Not just asking about wisdom. It has to do with asking about anything. And he says, God gives liberally and without reproach. But let him ask in faith without doubting. Let him ask in faith without doubting. You know, when you read this, sometimes we feel a little uncomfortable because we know that a lot of times when we're praying we and we're asking about things that we're confronted with and trials we have that we deal with doubt. We deal, have to deal with doubt every day. And so it says, let him ask in faith without doubting. So, well, that's a tall, that's a tall ask, isn't it? But you see that God is telling us something here that we should pay attention to. And he says, He who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Oh, we're going back and forth. And he talks about that later. He says he's a double-minded man. His mind is in two different directions. This is a problem. So when we need help from God, whatever it might be, does it, do we believe it and that settles it? When we ask God, do we believe that God will help us and is that settled? Or are we back and forth? Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Yes, God will, well, I don't know if he will. You know, that's the double-minded man. That's exactly what he's talking about. When we pray and we're double-minded, because sometimes we're over here, sometimes we're over here, and sometimes we're somewhere in between. And that's what he talks about, about being tossed back and forth like the waves of the sea, and they're all over the place. <clears throat> there is a place of steadfastness when we believe God's word in our heart. <clears throat> For us, who have been Christians, we believe that God sent His Son. 
We confess him with our mouth, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And so we'll be saved. We believe it in our hearts. Why do we believe it in our hearts? Because we believe God's word is true. You begin to see the progression of where I'm going with this. Where this is taking us. Is that we have faith in the word of God. We read the story of Jesus and we believe it. In our hearts. And we have no doubting about that. So, that's what we must do with all of God's Word. We must believe it in our hearts. And it makes all the difference in the world. We believe in God's help. We believe in God's power. What was the failure of the children of Israel? They saw God's power, they still didn't believe in God's power. Even after they saw it. They saw it ten times in Egypt. The mighty hand with which he brought them out of Egypt. They saw him open up the Red Sea. They had no faith in the power of God. So well, God worked differently than he, that's the power of God. God hasn't changed. The power of God is still the power of God. He hasn't gotten weak. And we read here that God will give liberally. If we need wisdom, God will give it to us liberally without any rebuke. But let him ask in faith without doubting without doubting in our hearts. And later on we're going to see that Jesus uses the, that statement, those exact words, and does not doubt in his heart. <clears throat> and just like with everything else, with salvation and with everything else, it comes down to the same thing all the time, doesn't it? It's a matter of the heart. When we read the things that Jesus said, when they think, read the things in the Word of God, it always comes down to that same thing all the time. It's a matter of the heart about what we've heard. That we put faith in the things that we have heard. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. This sounds a little bit hard, this statement in the Word of God. But it's confronting something in us. It's confronting our doubt. And sometimes we would just rather just not deal with it. Not deal with uh, certain issues of the heart. There are other reasons why people's prayers aren't answered. We're not going to go into all that today, but the one thing we're going to focus on is one of the main reasons that's brought up in the scriptures, and that's unbelief. Doubting in the heart, the doubt of the heart, and that's what this is about. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives liberally to all and without reproach, and it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith. So, sometimes people will say, you know, well, it's because you don't have enough faith. And others will be offended. What do you mean I don't have enough faith and everything? And all this, all this narrative will go on and everything. And I will forget about all that. You know, we don't need to defend ourselves about all this. 
God knows our heart. <clears throat> Sometimes it's a matter of just waiting on God, because our answers aren't haven't come to us yet. But sometimes it is exactly, it is exactly what we read here. And it's confronting us like a mirror. We're like we're looking in a mirror. And it's confronting us and we see ourselves here. That we have doubt in our heart. <clears throat> we have to confront it and do something about it. And say, why am I doubting in my heart? <clears throat> now it's easy for us to look at the children of Israel and say, oh boy. Look at all their doubt and unbelief. I would have believed that if I were them. But we weren't there in that spot. And neither are they in our shoes. And so, the whole point is, is that everybody's life is different. But God isn't. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. Without any shadow of turning. The problem is with us. That we are a double, we are double-minded men and women at times. Sometimes we're trusting God, hopefully. Sometimes we're not, and sometimes we're just back and forth, like you see the waves of the sea. The double-minded man. When we're double-minded, it makes us unstable. It makes us revolve and to grab for logic, human wisdom, human reasoning, instead of standing on the word of God, waiting for answers from God. Overcoming temptation. Instead, we go with plan B. Because there's not faith in the power of God. And standing on the word of God. Let him ask in faith. Faith in what? Faith in the word of God. Faith in what God has said. We believe that God raised his son from the dead. We weren't there. We didn't see that. Why do we believe it? Because God's Word says it. We believe this is God's Word. That's why we believe it. So why shouldn't that be the same for everything? And that's what God is calling us to. To believe in the integrity of everything that He said. If we can believe in it for our souls, for eternal life, for going to heaven, for having our sins forgiven, we can believe the rest of God's Word where it says He'll help us. It'll answer us. It'll give us wisdom. It'll give us everything we need for life and godliness. It'll give us everything. Promises of God are yes in Christ. And amen to the glory of God. But let him ask in faith. Let people stand on the promises of God in faith. <clears throat> Say, well, I haven't, you know been getting the promises of God. I haven't been enjoying the promises of God. Are we walking with Him? And are we standing in faith concerning the promises of God? Some people don't. And some people profess Christ and don't even know what the promises of God are. It's important to know the Word of God and what He's promised. So, from there we will go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. And this is at Jesus' hometown of Nazareth. Matthew 13. He goes into his own 
own country, in his own city. Matthew 13, uh, verses 54 to 58. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogues, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is it not his mother is not his mother called Mary, and his brothers James and Hoses, Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get these things? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many works there because of their unbelief. Because of what? Because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. It says, He taught them in the synagogue. He was preaching the word. And they were astonished at his word. They were amazed at what he was preaching. But listen to what says that. Where did this guy get this wisdom? And you see all the cynicism and the skepticism. And it, they hardened their hearts. Right there, it's re- we're reading about them hardening their hearts. Right then and there. Towards what? Towards the word of God. Jesus was preaching. And they heard about all those wonderful works and everything. All those miracles and everything. They heard it, people saw it, and they hardened their hearts to it. It's a matter of the heart. And they didn't, not much happened there because of unbelief. And what we learn from this is that God looks upon the heart. We read that in other places, and you see what he's looking at. Faith or unbelief? A tender heart towards the Word or a hardened heart? And we're called to order our life according to believing the Word. The just shall live by faith. Faith in the Word of God. Faith in the blood of Christ. People were discouraged in Christendom to pray because they don't believe that God will answer them. Why? We read all these things here. It says, let him ask your faith and God will give him, you know. And Well, that's the, that's the answer. A hardened heart. Unbelief. And, you know, we can get anxious about this and start like trying to say the word you know memorize the words of God and say them over and over again and panic and but it's really in our hearts what do we believe are we looking at what we're seeing and we're praying for something we don't see it happen right away and our our natural eyes see this our, our logic tells me that I don't see anything happening. I don't see that person changing. 
I don't see my kids changing. I don't see my wife changing. I don't see my husband changing. And then the heart begins to get tight and hardened. Why? They're being tossed back and forth. Why, though? Because they're going back and forth between natural reasoning and the carnal mind, human understanding and logic, and the truth of God's Word. They're back and forth. They're the double-minded people. That we have to look at ourselves in the mirror. Not look at anyone else and point our finger at anybody else. Where am I doing this at? in my life, where I'm going back and forth between what I see and what the Word of God says and what the promises of God say and where, you know, natural reasoning and understanding are. And that's where there's a problem. And this is what God's Word exposes in us, in all of us. Not just some of us, in all of us. And this is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of inspiration from the Word of God. Where he's showing us something about ourselves that needs to change, can change, and if we believe the Word of God, it will change. In the same passage in the Gospel of Mark, it says that Jesus was astonished at their unbelief were amazed at their unbelief. So from there we go to the Gospel of, um, of Mark chapter 11. Uh, verses uh, 22 to 24, this is after Jesus cursed a fig tree and withered away, and they were amazed. Verses 22 to 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be moved and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. The words I want you to look at in, in verse 23 is, is, and does not doubt in his heart. In his heart. Not his mind, in his heart. The spirit of the man. The spirit of our spirit. The person we are on the inside. But does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, who have whatever he says. Believes them in his heart. If we believe in our heart that God raised Christ up from the dead, we will be saved. It says words again, believe in our hearts. Faith is a matter of the heart. It affects the head. Hopefully, eventually, affects our body, affects the way we live, 
but it begins in the heart. Faith begins in the heart. When you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. The things that we've been praying for, do we believe them in our hearts that God will answer us? That he will pray, that he will uh, answer us for praying. And exercise. It's an exercise of faith. But when we pray, are we like when we ask, where it says in the book of James, we're asking for wisdom. And we're kind of doubting, we're back and forth. We're like, sometimes we believe, sometimes we don't, and sometimes we're, our heart is hard, and sometimes we're tender to the word of God. We're unstable. And then how does... How do we see that help the unstable man, us being unstable? By the way we live. Sometimes we're walking by faith, sometimes we're panicking, sometimes we're in fear, sometimes we're this way, sometimes we're that way. It shows up in the way we live. The, unstabil the instability that Jesus talked about, or that the book of James talks about, shows up in the way we live. We believe it in our hearts. A few chapters before that, Jesus comes down to the, from the mountain and he finds that his disciples have been trying to cast out a demon out of this man's son in chapter 9 of Mark and they can't do it. They cast out demons before. They can't do it now. The father comes to him and says, I asked your disciples, though they couldn't do it. And Jesus says, a faithless generation. And he says to this father, how long has this been happening to him? He says, from childhood. He says in verse 22, at the end of it, he says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. He uses the word if. And Jesus says to him, the first word out of Jesus' mouth is if. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Believe in what? Believe in the power of God to liberate this boy. Faith in what? Faith in the Word of God? Faith in the power of God? Faith in what God has said? Faith in what God has done? Faith in what God has promised He will do? His disciples asked Him why they couldn't cast it out, and they said, because... Your unbelief. You're, you're looking at the situation. You're looking at this boy. You're looking at the way the convulsions were coming on him. You're looking at this, the power the demon had over him. You weren't trusting in the power of God. You weren't putting faith in his God's word. Because Jesus said, Behold, I give you power over snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the evil one. And they were doing it, but this day they couldn't do it. They had a bad day, so to speak. In the book of Ephesians, it tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And I have told people, I have heard people tell me, I pray for God to fill me with his Holy Spirit, and he's not doing it. Let him ask in faith.
Jesus gave a parable in the book of Luke chapter 11 about persistence in prayer. And at the end of that passage he says, you know how to give good you fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So why that not happening to me? Let him ask in faith. Let him persist in faith. And the rivers will flow. Jesus says, we come to him, he will fill us. And the rivers will flow. Paul said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Christians in Ephesus. There are those in Christendom who are bound by sin. And yet Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples for real, indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And he talked about those who are who sin become slaves of sin. He says, but if the Son sets you free, you'll be free for real. Do we believe it? That's the question we ask us as we go through all these things. Do I believe it in my heart that I'm free from sin? As it says in Romans chapter 6. That he who has died with Christ is free from sin. If we believe it, we will overcome every sin, every temptation, every bad habit in our life. If we believe it in our hearts. And not doubt in our hearts, as Jesus said. As it says in the book of James. The truth will set us free. Are we bound in anxiety and fear? Is our spirit troubled and anxious about many things? Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest from the heavy burden. So I've been praying about it, I still feel anxious. Come to him in faith. And he will relieve you from that burden. It says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, those who believe, those who have believed, enter God's rest. There is a rest for the people of God. We enter that rest by believing God's word concerning our things we're dealing with. In Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 19 is in the middle of a passage where Paul tells the Ephesian Christians that he's praying for them. And he gives three things. The last of which is, in verse 19, he says, that God would open your eyes to the exceeding greatness of his power to those who believe. What is the greatness of God's power to those who believe? Believe in what? In his power. Believe in his word. Believe what he says. The integrity of the word of God. 
Say, well, I know somebody who prayed and they didn't get the answer to their prayer. Listen, God knows what he's doing. We, 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 can, we can come up with this much. God knows what he's doing. Moses prayed to God. He asked them, I want to go in the promised land. After God told him he couldn't, he, he, looked at, he, he stood up on Mount Nebo and looked at the land of Canaan and he asked God, let me go in. And God said, no. Jesus, when he was in Gethsemane, in his agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, said, Father, there's another way. Father sent an angel, says, to strengthen him so that he could continue in the purpose that God sent him for. Jesus knew, and he said, his words were, this is the reason why I was born. He knew he was going to go to the cross. But when it came to it, his body was fighting back. He said his spirit was willing and the flesh was weak. And he was struggling with his body, his human body. And he prayed and God gave him strength to go through. He didn't take the cross away. Gave him strength to go on. When Paul had his thorn in the flesh, he, this illness or whatever it was, handicap in his body, and he sought the Lord three times, And finally God gave him an answer and said that it was because he didn't want him to be exalted above measure. And he said that, you know, in, in, in paraphrasing it, he's told me he's not going to take it away. But you notice in those cases that God gave him an answer. They were asking him in faith until they were told otherwise and shown otherwise. So all these things about, well, so-and-so prayed and didn't get an answer. I don't know so-and-so. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But all I know is that, you know, God has his reasons. But until he shows us otherwise, they should, you know, in each individual situation. We can't just assume, well, God didn't answer the prayer the way he asked in that situation, <laughs> that the word of God doesn't work. And then we begin to be cynical and begin to undo the word of God and harden our heart to the word of God. God's word is true and real. But it's also to the individual, to the heart. And does not doubt in his heart. You see, it comes down to a matter of our heart. What do we believe about the word of God? God said it, I believe it. Does, <clears throat> God said it, I believe it. And we're already settled in that. Do we believe it? And are we settled in that? Like that bumper sticker said years ago. I guess that's where I'm going to stop. Brothers want to take over from here.